Hello, everybody. My name is Justin Nelson, and today you have stumbled upon our brand new podcast entitled Al, Ruth, and Justin's Book Club, but for movies. The podcast. Obviously, I'm Justin Nelson, but here with me today I have Ruth. Say hi, Ruth. Hi. And Al. Oh. Yeah. So obviously today I wanted to talk about the discussions that we've been having in my international film class, where we discuss both American and international films. Ruth has actually taken the class before, um, but she hasn't been in the specific discussions that we've had, but she's familiar with uh, roughly the coursework and the textbook. Al has, you know, he hasn't. <laughs> he, hasn't <laughs> he hasn't taken the class, okay. But we did all watch the majority of the movies together, so I thought this would be a really cool and unique resource for us to be able to talk about all of our different perspectives in regards to these films that we talked about. So I would like to today talk about both feminism and classism in regards to international and American films and how they treat it and see if we notice any patterns there. But yeah, so this is how it's going to work. We're going to just, I'm going to be like, okay, we're going to talk about this movie. I'm going to introduce it and then we can have any thoughts. I might have a specific question or two. And then at the end of the movie, or at the end of a series of movies, I'll be like, so what do you, th- what do you notice any patterns about it? And then we'll just discuss, see where the conversation goes. That's my idea. But, you know, if the conversation doesn't go that direction, that's okay. Uh, but, yeah. Are you excited? Are you, t- are you ready to get started? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So, first we're going to talk about Thelma and Louise. I just wanted to give like a quick little like trigger warning like we will be talking about I mean I don't know if we will but there might be while discussing this movie like sexual assault comes up and I did want to like briefly touch on that so I just wanted to give like a warning for any listeners and for the you know people at the panel before we got into it but yeah Thelma Louise came out in 1991 I believe and it was directed by some director who I forgot to look up and By, by Ridley Scott yeah. Oh, wow. So that was like an obvious one. Like we probably all knew. <laughs> well, thanks for saying something, Al. But yeah, for Thelma and Louise, I specifically wanted to look at the scenes in which Louise killed the man who raped Thelma, the scene in which Thelma was like handling the cop and like he was still, like, get in my trunk. And she was like, I'm good at this, that scene. And also um, the scene where there was that really rude guy with the truck and then they blew that truck up. I thought those are yeah. specific scenes to like, that we can focus on but you know we don't have to <laughs> but yeah i wanted to look at those some what i liked about this movie was its relationship between men and women it was a very distinct like you know perspective as like women are treated this way by these men um this movie was critically acclaimed you know we got it did well at like the academy awards and stuff but we talked about in class uh about how it received backlash from a lot of people about how it portrayed men and i personally i remember when we were in class together i was like even the men in the class were like oh i thought these these dudes were a little bit of a stereotype but i was as like i was watching it i was like and me i'm a male perspective so i don't even know but based off of my own observations i was like i don't think so like i've seen people like this you know in my own life in the way that they treat other people and did you have anything to add to that like thoughts (laughs) I mean, as a woman, um, what I, I love that movie for kind of the reasons you just described of, like, it's a really empowering feminist movie, especially in, like, the genre of, like, road films, which has always been, like, two dudes, you know, roughing it up. 
Um, and I remember you mentioning that thing about them being like, oh, these men are caricatures. But every time I've watched it, it's gotten like a physical, like angry reaction out of me because I've had experiences like that. I've had random men going down the street, like shouting things at me and just harassing me. And I've dealt with men. Yeah, you know, like there are men out there that are like that. And so I think it's actually really empowering that the movie isn't afraid to deal with that and that it has the women taking the power and being like, you don't get to treat me that way. I personally, I like it because of that. Yeah, um, one thing that I really liked that you mentioned, um, Justin, the three scenes that you chose was that um, we have the rapist, the cop, and the, um, the trucker. And I think that those were actually three really similar scenes that we yeah. saw, but we saw the um, progression of Thelma and Luis's characters and how they become, um, you know, when the, uh, the rapist um, confrontation happens, they both are very scared, very unsure of what to do. And um, Louise is Susan Sarandon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Louise finally shoots him just out of a um, emotional daze, I guess. And then the cop, they know that they'll have to do something, but they're not sure of what. And then they finally stick him in the trunk. And then the trucker, they kind of choose to make that one happen. Mm-hmm. They they um, choose to stop him and um, provoke him even more. Um, and I think that it's a very cool progression throughout the movie because it really does happen at like the beginning, middle, and then more so towards the end. That's really funny you pointed that out because I'm in another film class and I had to do a project on this movie and I pointed out that exact like help Thelma start scared and mm-hmm. Louise is the one taking control and then throughout this journey they kind of flip roles but like it's really great like those three catalysts that you picked are a really great example of them like taking power and being like this society treats me this way because I'm a woman but that doesn't mean I am that way and it's really cool mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys or you all and it's gonna sound like I want you to answer it a certain way but I'm actually genuinely curious but do you, do do we see films like this or films with a strong point of view specifically about feminism anymore like I remember when I watched it I, w- I even felt like that was more progressive than something that I would see today like I never see anything or at least when they do try to talk about it it's like with delicacy or like a placeholder like oh girl power like this is a scene about girl power but do we see like can you think of anything the only movies that i could think of were were movies that have female leads and i think that 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 feminism always comes up in movies with female leads but i don't think that um movies with a male lead necessarily has to do with male power because we don't need that but um the only movies that i could think of that have a strong female lead and especially in some kind of like action way is like wonder woman yeah that's exactly what i thought of and captain marvel right yeah yeah (laughs) which i haven't seen captain marvel um but i think i just have feelings about that (laughs) I haven't seen a uh, necessarily um, 
feminist movie like this, especially um, recently, um, besides Wonder Woman, and I think even then, Wonder Woman kind of carries that um, not supernatural, but superhero, non-human kind of aspect there that um, even uh, doesn't show that um, girl power is attainable. Yeah. Um, and I think that this movie kind of brings it down to reality very nicely. That's a really good point. And, like, answering that thing you said, Justin, about, like, delicacy, you said something like that. Yeah. That really stuck with me. Because, like, I feel like when there are movies like Wonder Woman, which I love, it's like, yes, she's a strong woman, but she's also, like, loving and gentle. She loves babies. She's And she has a male love interest and she cries over him and like all these things that women are supposed to be. You don't see a lot of Thelma and Louise's where they just say F you to society and are like, I don't, I'm not gonna be any of the things I'm supposed to be. And like, I, I haven't, I have a hard time thinking of a movie that is that adamantly against stereotype or like society. Um, that's a really good question, Justin. That's something to think about. We can talk about it more when we examine like the patterns overall in movies. I did want to like slide into Kirikou. That one was a 1998 film by, do you know the director, Al? <laughs> Off the top of your head? Don't. By some director, and I think it was a French director maybe. And if not, then I just lied. But let's say that I didn't. <laughs> the scenes that I wanted to talk about specifically were the scenes where um, the Kirikou finally heard the backstory of the sorceress and then like the when she finally got the thorn out of her back when watching this i did not get it (laughs) i was like "Ooh, fun like okay like it's a folktale and then in class dr o'connor was like no i have an idea like what if this was like really like a story of um you know like maybe like some trauma you know maybe like a sexual trauma from her from her past and i was like oh like yes like i buy into that like i really think did you did you talk about something similar last year Ruth? do you remember we, we did yeah i remember her being my favorite character i remember loving her Caraba. and um yes oh, i love her <laughs> but um uh, specifically that scene when it's like revealed that oh she's not evil and it's like society's been casting her out and like she's treated like she has this emotional response to what happened to her and so then she's cast out like very very much in that same vein of Thelma and Louise of like this is the thing that a woman can be and if you're not going to be that then you're a villain even though like it's not her fault that thing happened yeah did you think it was like do you think it was out of once again dealing with like delicacy do you think it's like something that belongs in a kids movie does that matter like I I know like some things growing up me and my sister talk about this all the time where we're like why did like adults try to like not make us like think about that like my sister always talks about like like periods and stuff and being like yeah like don't like sh- like it's a naughty word like don't talk about it like but why like do you think this is something that like is like appropriate for like kids programming or do you think it's like odd like what do you think i mean a lot of my favorite movies are kids movies because you can watch them again as an adult and see something completely different in them so i i think it definitely should be in kids programming and even if you don't fully understand it because you can't because you're like five you have that idea and you're curious about it and so when you can understand things like it's there i I don't think we like yeah you don't want to be showing kids violent bloody deaths but like you don't you don't also need to 
hide from them the way the world is i think that movie does a great job of like introducing this concept in a way they can understand and then as they get older they can like come back and understand it in a better way yeah and i think it's kind of fun well fun uh to look back on those movies that you watched as a kid and and kind of take more from it Mm -hmm. um and and i think that that is something even with like um you know like monsters inc and things monsters inc has some off color jokes that aren't necessarily for the kids but i think that it's nice to put something in a movie for all people and i think that um those are always fun to look back on and i think that um kind of planting that seed um is nice because it can be a jump start of a um conversation about um more adult topics for kids to learn about and in a hopefully um contained and more um educational way if that makes sense yeah part of me is like i wish like disney movies would have it like more but then also part of me is like I feel like they do do, like, some things. Like, when I think of A Bug's Life and, like, people, like, speaking out against, like, I don't know what they'd call it. Like, oppression, a caste system. I don't really know. But, like, people, like, being, like, user voice and, like, there's, like, bigger bugs. But, like, you need to, like, once you're standing as, like, a whole ant colony, like, as, like, a whole community, then you can, like, make change and stuff. And I think that's something that, like, especially now in 2020, like, I know people on Twitter would be like, like, y'all remember Bug's Life? Like, this, it tried to teach you this, like, ingrain that in your brains from day one and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I agree. Like, I want to see it in more kids' movies. But, yeah, final thoughts about Kiriku, or are you ready to move on? <laughs> yeah, move on. Okay, I wanted to talk about, y'all, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, I kind of really liked it. Um, this oh movie, God. I forgot to look up the year. Al, you probably have it written down somewhere. So, like, this take it away. <laughs> Okay, yes, and yeah. this is Ang Lee. Yes, I was right. 2000. Ruth, you should have said something. But yeah, I wanted oh. to specifically talk about. Oh my gosh, what are their names? Jen, Julian, Jade Fox. This was. I did not look at this up. I just remembered all of their names. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to talk about them. And like, okay, usually for the other two, I was trying to like, you guys talk. But I wanted to specifically talk about them is because we were talking about Wonder Woman earlier why there are certain things that it's like it's 2020 like why don't we see this why are there only like male people in like action movies like i don't know why this is like such a male dominated genre i suppose all genres like male dominated but like action movies like why yes and usually there's only like one woman in the whole action movie like how we see in i think seven samurai had one woman yeah um oh my god so yeah, happens all the time. Or like something that really, really pisses me off is like the only female superhero movies we have, Wonder Woman and then Captain Marvel, where it's a standalone, they both are the only superhero movies d- directed by women. Like the only time they make that one little token, this is a woman's movie and everything else is about men. And I, oh, I don't know. I just, women are only allowed to direct things about women and then you get your one movie out of 20 and uh, I could go on about this for hours. Something that you brought to my attention when we were freshmen, Ruth, was that like even in the superhero movies that women are in it's like they're sexualized and they're wearing skin tight like outfits or like they're exposed and you're like, where's their armor? Like they're in battle! Like they need to be protected! Yeah, 
yeah i i in my freshman year i did a project on wonder woman which is directed by patty jenkins and then um justice league which was so many different people because they kept switching but it was all men um and i think it was joss whedon in the end and like in wonder woman all the amazons are these like badass women and they're like diverse in like body type and ethnicity and they're wearing like actual armor like greek armor and then in justice league they were all in bikinis and they had all of these like shots of just like their boobs and they got like completely destroyed in battle and i was like what <laughs> this isn't even you it was already set up you just had to copy paste and you couldn't even do that <laughs> yes also to clarify also like something that i said like not that it's like a shaming thing because like you can wear whatever you want but like the intention like of like a male director being like this is what a woman wants versus like somebody else like just the intention yeah, yeah, of it all what you want but like in battle you would cover your vital organs and not leave them out Ugh. but back to crouching tiger hidden dragon i really like so that's why i really like this film because this gen character in y'all audience like let me tell you when we watched the film ruth has seen it but i haven't so when jen was a character i was like why is she here like what purpose does she serve why they keep showing her on the camera but i had i was blown away i still think about her like i want to watch the movie again solely for her i thought she was such a cool character and so was julianne and it was such a, like a cool like interesting relationship and they were badasses like on their own and it wasn't like weird and like it's like a whole like genre thing i think it was called like wuxia film if i remember correctly but like that's there's like female protagonists in like films like that all the time and i wonder like why like what's the difference between america and uh where is this china i'm not sure hidden dragon country i'll look it up But yeah, did you have any, like, other thoughts about that? Go for it, Al. I could talk about this forever, so you go. About what, exactly? Just about, if you, like, if you notice a pattern about women in action warrior films internationally and, like, American. Oh, uh, yeah, I, mm, yeah, I guess so. Um, the only other, um woman that i could think of that was a lead that was a not superhero movie was was kill bill mm. um which is another samurai-ish movie which is which is heavily um inspired by samurai films um but that was the only one that i could think of and i can't really think of other action um movies um laura laura croft i haven't seen her movie so Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yes. And then um, Tomb Raider, I guess. But this is just... But, uh, yeah, I don't see um, enough strong female characters uh, that are just um, regular people, I guess. Um, and I think that we should see more of it. And let alone having, like, three of them in one movie, like they did for Crouching Tiger. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, a thing. Like, it wasn't, like, a thing. Whereas, like... She is the best female warrior. But it was like, I, I forgot the main guys, the person who is with Julien. He was like, I want this, I want her as like my prodigy or whatever. Like, and it wasn't a thing. Like, I hate when movies have to be self-aware where it's like, she's the best female blah, blah, blah to ever blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why? Like, why the restrictions? Like, why like the qualifier? Like, Yeah, and I don't think that we saw that much of, like, they didn't make a big deal about it being a woman. I think that... Um, whenever we see a um, 
movie starring a woman or something come out now it's like look at this we're doing something to change from our usual formula uh give us money yeah so i think that it's something more than that okay i quote mulan all the time there's this part where um she's just like saved all of china and then or whatever his freaking name is shang is like she's a hero and someone else is like she's a woman (laughs) i don't know i say that all the time because it's like she can't be a hero she's a woman Anyway, Justin, you wanted to say something. Well, I was just going to say, so I was, okay, podcast listeners, I have a theory, and it's, like, not even, like, like a subtle theory, like, it's probably something that everybody knows, but this was, like, the point of the whole conversation is why I think this is, I was going to leave, I was just going to, like, manipulate Elle and Ruth to just say it anyway, but I already, I already told them, but I, I do want to know if you have any, like, general thoughts as to, like, why we see this pattern, especially in American film, as to why they are so delicate with how they treat injustices like this. Should I send my theory? Should I just go um, ahead and say it? Or, like, do you want to talk? My first thought here is that they don't want to ruffle any waves, and they kind of want to make it as neutral as possible, so it doesn't make anybody mad, and they can get as many people's money as they can. Yeah. Justice is, like, politicized here for some strange reason. Yeah. They're like, no, racism is a political issue. It's not. It's, there's right and wrong, but, yeah, they just don't want to offend anyone because they want your money. I, so, yeah, I think that that's where it starts. And I, and, and I think that I should preface this as by, I think that this is mainly with mainstream, like, big box office movies. Oh, right? yeah. There are other, like, um, independent movies and things like that that show it better but yeah i don't want to discount anyone here but just like a trend in my own personal observations of things that i have found it really seems like america in general like hollywood is a business and they fear losing money more than they fear like although they fear losing money more than they are willing to speak out on injustice yeah and that's sad and i don't know where we go from here yeah, well, I mean, that's exactly why you see a new superhero movie coming out every year or so, like, and, um, because they know that they're gonna make money on that, and they usually play it safe with movies and, like, thing, and that's why something like, you know, Love, Simon was such a big movie, because it was like, oh, this is about a gay character, and, like, it was like a big deal because a um bigger movie company was um releasing something like that um rather than just the stereotypical summer box office smashes um in my eyes and it's also like interesting to me because it's not even like it's like a guaranteed tank like if you speak about feminism then therefore like it's you're gonna lose money but it's like like you know what i'm saying like it's not even like it's just like the risk of it all and i don't know like how where where to go from there like i do think like even like like you can make money talking about whatever you want just by telling compelling stories you know so i don't really know like is it like something that hollywood because i don't know i think it's like a positive feedback loop kind of thing because like i think hollywood needs to like normalize it so people could see that it's like like you know like a thing that exists in society but then like they also don't want to do that until they know that people have those opinions so they can give them their money so i just don't know like how like 
how like as hollywood and as like people going into the entertainment industry the three of us like i don't really know what there is to be done but like, like there has to be something and i almost sometimes feel like the money thing is an excuse because you look at like black panther that movie made ridiculous amounts of money and they were like it, it won't make any money it's a black superhero wonder woman same deal like they act like we can't make a movie about a person of color or a woman no one will go and then people are so starved for that representation they go in droves and so it's like oh then we should produce this but they don't and i feel like it's just because the executives running hollywood are all like cisgender straight white men sorry any cisgender straight white men but like so i'm not sorry go with what they know and they want to just keep creating what's made the money and not listen to what people actually want hmm that's really good. Sorry, I, I get so heated. No, that's that. really good. I kind of want to marinate that, talk about classism, and then come back to that thought once we get there. So, is that okay? Can we move on to that? Yeah. Okay. So, so, I wanted to talk about first Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven. Seven Samurai was a 1954 film, and Magnificent Seven was 1960. I wanted to look at the relationship between either the farmers and the samurai or the farmers in the gunmen i was wondering like what differences did you see in like distinct like class systems like what i like i'll start so like <laughs> i like in seven samurai it seemed like it was like a bigger thing where they're like we are aware that there is a class system and then like the movie was self-aware and making a commentary on that where Magnificent Seven was kind of like, oh, that's just a Japan thing. Like, in America, we're all equal, and we, like, all pay taxes here, right? So, like, that's not a thing in our country, and they kind of just glossed over that relationship, and I was kind of longing for that in the movie. But I wanted to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, um, I would agree that... Well, and I will say, though, in um, Magnificent Seven, like, being a gunman wasn't really that different in terms of a class system then like being a farmer like you're still not like super rich and well respected but like the whole thing with the samurai is they used to be like really well respected and they're like it's kind of dying out is like the whole thesis of the movie and so i think you're right there's a lot more exploring class systems and especially all at the beginning with the farmers and like the whatever the villain's name is like just the bandit people who could no just like the bandit people the bandit people. I can't remember. I was going to say Kukuchio, but that's, like, not right. No. <laughs> that's that's Seven Samurai. <laughs> that's one person's name for the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Just seeing that, like, and nobody cares about them and wants to help them unless they have money, like, which is very sad. But. Yeah, um, something that I noticed with um, the Magnificent Seven um, is that, and I, um, for those of you who don't know, I love really old movies and like 50s and 60s and blah 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 and like westerns and crap so um something that i notice really in all westerns mainly john wayne but um is that westerns are usually an idealized uh look at you know like the old west and things and they're usually wildly historically inaccurate and not exactly like what it actually happened um so i think that that is a um that kind of comes into play there because i think the magnificent seven is a pretty traditional um western um in terms of structure and the um usually the men with the gun were usually the people who um 
made the law and blah 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 like that. Yeah. I think that um I think that that is certainly a um thing to look at there is um in terms of the classism. And then in terms of Seven Samurai, I uh would certainly um I certainly agree with what you said, Justin. I think that there was much more um much more of a line drawn between the samurais and the farmers and i think that um but i think that that's also because of the um society that they were living in they were in a much more farming um i'd say less developed um way of living so i think that that is also a thing that comes into play with those i think i'm just kind of talking out of my ass now but no i think we found a good point because this is like kind of like our first thing of discord because now i kind of like i do understand what you're saying but at the same time i feel like okay this might be a bold claim but i feel like feudal like feudal japan was just like more like aware than like america and like i i just kind of just like hate that like even that in the genre itself and we kind of talked about this in american uh film a little bit the precursor international film but i just I feel like that's almost like discounting into voicing because like I don't know I feel like western films are so popularized because they're like this is the American dream like this is what you want and like this is like how we are like you are living the American dream but it's the only the American dream for a certain group of people and I find that almost like being like no like no this is the American dream like you're being ungrateful like look at it look at this western like look at Magnificent Seven maybe that this is maybe this is a reach I do recognize this is kind of a reach and like it's not a very fair comparison but propaganda (laughs) Yeah. yeah I like, think- I think, like, all the John Wayne movies, total propaganda. <laughs> and awful. From, like, just sitting here listening to you two, it sounds like you agree, actually. Like, you both agree that it's, like, an idealized... But I want us to disagree, Ruth. Okay, but John... <laughs> I wanted to bring up... What's his name? Is it Kikuchio, the one who, like, is a farmer and wants to be a samurai? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. No, I know like, so. I- he knows so well you thought he was the bandit so because his name was like um, chico or something i don't know anyway this fellow um i think he really shows like the difference between the two movies and the class system because at first they're like no you're a drunk you're not one of us you can't be one of us whereas i feel like he just kind of gets accepted a lot easier in magnificent seven they're like yeah sure anybody can be a cowboy out here in the wild wild west you know like i I get what you're saying, Justin. The more I think about what you said, the more I'm like, no, you're right, though. Okay, so I kind of want to talk about Crazy Rich Asians as well. I did not know. I was like, is this an American film or an international film? Like, I couldn't really, like, tell. Like, it feels like an American film, but, I like, I, I don't really know. So I asked Dr. O'Connor, the professor. He said that it was a multinational film. And so now I was like, okay, so now that's a really interesting point of conversation. So now do I think that thematically they handled the topic of classism in a more American style or a international style? And I don't know if this is going to get too like confusing and crazy, but like I think a good example of like an international style of dealing with classism is like the motorcycle diaries when, like if you recall at the end, I'm trying to like kind of forget the details, but it was... The main guys, Ernesto was his name, he was swimming, it was his birthday, and I think he, like, he was swimming across the river, and everyone's like, no, you have to turn back, but he was like, no, like, I don't want to hang out with all the privileged people anymore, I want to, like, hang out with all these, like, other people, because, like, it was, like, a commentary on privilege, and that's, like, a lot more of, like, an overt 
like way of being like privileged versus oppressed like i thought that was more like not subtle way and being like no this is like an issue and like we're going to talk about talk about it and address it in this movie this is a distinct like commentary about it but then like crazy rich asians i thought was a little more subtle in the way they talked about classism and more specifically talking about like eleanor and uh rachel but i don't know i I don't my mind's not made up but i think i'm thinking more of like an american way yeah i i think that that is probably pretty accurate i think it's a um westernized lens on eastern culture yeah yes 100 so i think it's a way for westernized audiences to easily digest and understand um it's like a story we've seen in american movies you know yeah. the you bring the girlfriend and she's or the boyfriend and they're not whatever enough for your family so i feel like it's very um it's an e- yeah easily digestible way of putting it like and it's like you know even americans like we want money you know and we like rachel she's young and she's attractive and she works hard at her job and how dare they treat her that way like it's in a way that we can easily understand and empathize with so do you think yeah, i think that's basically just what al said <laughs> no the, do you think that is like good because it's accessible or do you think it's like hindering because it's like a minimalized version of like actual like eastern culture like do you like or is it both like i'm sure it's not like one or the other i'm sure it's like a gray area but like is this like a good thing or a bad thing i personally think it's a good stepping stone i think that um a surprising amount of um american audiences would not watch an international film yeah um my senior um, psychology capstone was on um, subtitles in foreign film, and um, the, uh, I think that the, um, I found in my research of like 64 people or so that a surprising amount of people do not watch um, foreign language movies or any type of media. And I think that this is a good. Um, stepping stone to kind of show an eastern um viewpoint because i think that this class this this selection of movies for me because i only watched the movies was uh very eye-opening because i even didn't um have that much um experience with um non-american movies um and i think that this was a very good eye-opening uh way to kind of understand eastern culture yeah i mean i i watched this on a plane because i was like i don't know what to watch sure i'll watch this and it really like it was an accessible story but a culture that i didn't like know and so it made me like want to learn more about eastern culture and it made me be like i can't wait for the next movie like this when historically we've been terrible about asian representation so bad like american hollywood so i i do think it's a good thing it's like digestible but makes people curious and engaged i have another question i just thought of it now this was not a pre-planned question and it's gonna sound like i'm wanting you to answer it a certain way but it's not it's just like how i can think of like an articulated way to ask it but some people 
find that like a lot of people like in the entertainment industry to like help with the like the issue of underrepresentation and diversity they just add people of color into white people's stories as opposed to telling the stories of people of color do you think this is an instance of that or or do you think it's something independent and like that sounded like i wanted you to answer it a certain way but like really feel free to be honest i honestly don't like it's set in another country with a set of like issues that i don't understand the white american so like i i learned about granted american way i learned about another culture through this movie so i don't think it's one of those yeah i think it's a story that we've kind of seen before but i think that it um presented it in a way that was new fresh and um in a way that i learned some things and i am a uh, fan of knowledge i always love learning new things and i think that this um movie taught me some things and that's the best kind of thing so now we talked about both feminism and classism like have you noticed a pattern? Like, I know I've kind of been, like, projecting my own thoughts onto you all, and I'm just trying not to, but I really think that America is and Hollywood is trying to be really delicate with their issues. And I, I see that with both classism and feminism, but that's my own pattern that I found. Do you have anything to add to that? Do you disagree? Is there anything else you found in talking about it? I, I find... Because I, I take this class before, I found more um, exploration of classism in international films than I usually do in American. That that was something I saw a lot of. I think yeah. across the globe we struggle with feminism, but I think it was interesting that um, different cultures are more willing to talk about classism, even like in a time period. You know, like when was Magnificent? Not Magnificent Seven. When was Seven Samurai? Nineteen fifty-four. Like, I don't think we would have made a movie. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, I just feel like classism is more widely discussed and condemned as like wrong in our in non-capitalist societies than it is in ours, where it's like, well, you'll climb out of it. It's not there. Yeah. yeah um, I think looking at the list of movies that we watched, um, most of them can be either classified as drama or action. I would say. Um, so I kind of wonder if um, the same kind of patterns that we saw would translate into a comedy or um, you know other other genres of film, and and I do think that um, that I would agree with you, Justin. I think that it has always been a problem that most. Um, Hollywood movies and things like that don't deal with um, issues that they should be dealing with, and I think that we're even seeing that in in theater and things like that. Yeah. I think most Broadway shows, which is seen as the best of the best of theater to a layperson, is something um is mostly musicals and a lot of not really um hard-hitting musicals it's i mean yeah wicked has a good message but like is it anything that we <laughs> yeah. haven't seen before and is it anything that we really need right now something that, that was I a tangent 
No, it wasn't. That was very relevant. Something that I find interesting is, um, like, classism, I feel like is not a term that is in most, um, I don't want to say most, but in my own personal observations, like, that's a term that people do not use in their, like, everyday vocabulary. It's something that I am, like, getting, like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm now just hearing about it. Like, I feel like a lot of stories we hear about classism in, like, our mainstream media and in, like, children's media as well is, like, a Cinderella story kind of thing where it's, like, there's a poor person, like, oh, they're poor, but at the end they become rich and yay, but, like, there's still, like, so many other poor people who are still struggling. And so I feel like that's how, like, America, like, solves their problems. It's, like, someday you'll be rich. But that's so, like, discounting to, like, a whole group like a whole population worth of people and it's like all about like you'll be rich it's not someday poverty won't exist it's someday you won't have to deal with poverty like exactly. i got so much beef with capitalism <laughs> and we talked about earlier how it affects like representation in movies because all they care about is will they make money well yeah i think that um capitalism is meant to um can have you continue to work and work and work um until you may be rich or you may be not and it makes you or and it causes you to work so much that you don't have time to think about these important um issues that we face and i think that um we even saw something at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic with so many people out of work we saw a revolution on civil rights because people had more time to think about those kinds of issues and act on it rather than just be like yeah this is bad someone should do something about it but i have to go to my shift at walgreens right now truth t do you think like like filmmakers like care like, do you think, like, whenever they do have something progressive to say, do you think it's in order to appease a fan base, or do you think they actually care? And that, so you talked about that earlier, Ruth, a little bit, where it's like, you like, like, I think it's naive of me to just think that, oh, no, all, like, people in the arts, like, they're all, like, are progressive, and they are all, like, fighting against injustice, but, like, no, like, no, <laughs> like, like, a lot of higher-ups probably are racist, a lot of higher-ups probably are, like, sexist, like, and they are, like, <laughs> we find out about it, and they are. It's like I guess there that's are people like um, Jane Fonda um, does a lot for the, the environment. She has done a lot for um, feminism and representation and all that. And um, Gina Davis, who play uh, who's in uh, Thelma and Louise, she's done a ton of um, documentaries on. Um, women in the workplace or something along those lines and she just won um some award for um being an outstanding woman um for speaking out on women's rights or something i'm totally butchering it i don't have the fact in front of me i heard it on a podcast but... <laughs> that's cool like us oh i know someone someday's gonna be like i heard it on ruth allen you got it wrong. You got it wrong. It's Al, Ruth, and Justin. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, maybe that was a pessimistic view. I generally, I'm like hopeful that individual art is there. You 
know, like, I, I really do hope that, and I believe that, because I'm surrounded by artists who care, so I believe that they're out there. It just is really hard to break through that, like, glass ceiling, metaphorically, of, like, executives who've been at this for so long, and they've just been so focused on obtaining wealth that they kind of have gotten, they've chosen to be out of touch of what's actually happening and what needs to happen. Hold on. That's where a lot of the problems lie. Yeah. Al got really mad at that. Al got so mad. I don't want to be like, like, I don't know. Like, this is like, that was like a happy note to end on. (laughs) So, like, maybe that's where the conversation ends. But I do, like, want to start thinking about, like, like, I just assume that all filmmakers aren't racist or sexist. So, like, I want to start, like, thinking about that. I have no conclusions to be made, to be, like, clear. Like, I have no conclusions to be made, but, like, 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 I guess the intention in, like, institutional racism and, like, sexism and stuff. I keep throwing racism in there. I am a black person. That's why I keep thinking about it. I know that's not what the conversation is about. But, like, yeah, that's what, like, that's, like, a takeaway for me that I want to, like, start looking into in my own, like, reflection after this. But, like, yeah, I think... That's one of my big takeaways, and I do like what you said about, like, hope, and, like, we are the next generation, and that we only, like, not only, but, like, a big, like, factor of things that we can control is our own art and the people that surround us and, like, what we can create, like, be the change that you want to see in the world, and I think that's, like, a really good, I think that's a really, really positive thought that I want to, like, take away. Even if you're not, like creating art either if you're consuming it you can make a difference too like you can do your research on like the movies you're going to support and seeing like what it's about like i know that's a big burden to take on when you just want to go watch something fun but that's something i started doing is being like should i really be getting my money in the theaters to this that kind of thing just like small things you can do to try to make a difference and if there's a movie like black panther that's like making a difference like you have the money, you go support it. Show them that this is the representation you need, you know? Watch Jingle Jingle. I watched it, Al. Jingle Jingle. <laughs> Jingle Jingle's good. We, we will be watching that for my mom's birthday in two days. Ooh. So, Yay, Al's mom. Maybe we'll watch it on Al, Ruth, and Justin's book club for movies. Someday. The podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you, you all have any That's final fun. thoughts? Like, anything else? You want to add before I close it off? I wanted to end it at 40 minutes. We're at 46. So, like, oh, well. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, for this um, opportunity, Justin. I really enjoyed going on this um, movie journey with you this uh, semester. <laughs> and I would like to uh, continue uh, with our book club, but for movies. Yeah. Okay, good speech, Ruth. Well then, yay! Yay! Okay, so, ah! Okay, yes, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, 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 big thanks for Ruth and Al for watching every single movie with me. I don't like to be by myself, so it's really cool that they would do that. Also, thank you for looking at my questions ahead of time. That's pretty cool. And also for giving up your time and, like, sharing your opinions in this platform. Like, I know, like, it's really hard to, like, the climb right now is that you have to have the right opinion so I hope that this was just like a really cool thing for us to just discover you know like we're like I'm not gonna say all my opinions are correct like I'm just here to learn and like understand different perspectives and just like say things just in in hopes that someone will 
will give me their perspective about it also. So like, I really appreciate that environment that you've created for me. I hope I did the same for you and have a blessed day. And I love you probably like you were so loved. Okay. Yay. That's the end. Bye.